the Church Report Podcast, exploring challenges the church faces around the world. Brought to you by the Rogo Foundation. Now, here's Scott Camden. Hey, what's going on? Scott Camden here, and I serve as the Advancement Director with the Rogo Foundation, and we're here with another episode of the Church Report. And today I get to hang out with one of our Sandals Church campus pastors, Alfredo Ramos. Man, thank you so much for making time to hang out today. Yeah, what's good, everyone? I'm happy to be here. Happy to chop it up with you as we dive into the topic today. Yeah, so today's great. You know, as always, we tackle one big question. Today's question is kind of a long one. Bear with me. But it's, how do you speak about your faith with a non-believer when you're not at church? And so you and I have talked about this topic a handful of times leading up to this. And I know that you've been looking forward to taking on this question. So with that, we'll just shove right off from the dock. Yeah, yeah. So uh, recently, Barna has put out some great, great uh, data on what millennials think and even what Gen Zers think about sharing their faith publicly. And it's pretty astonishing that though many millennials believe their faith is important and true, um, you know, is formidable for their life, more than half actually don't feel the necessity to share or to talk about their faith, right? And I think it's maybe even more for Gen Z as a generation right behind them. And so um, I, I think there's maybe two, before we talk about how to, there's probably two things, maybe two pitfalls to address and avoid. The first pitfall would I think be to say, well, let's just not talk about it at all. Yeah. And maintain kind of a normal and comfortable private faith um, and, and I think that mindset basically says, you know, we basically are doing everyone a favor by not talking about Jesus, mm -hmm. right? And, and I don't think that's the desire at all. Um, the Gospels tell us that heaven worships when people come to know Jesus, yes. right, as a sinner repents. And that uh, Jesus said his mission was to seek and to save the lost. And so um, even the term lost implies that there is a home for them, right? And right. so right. sharing our faith is deeply formidable for our own lives and, and critical to being a Jesus follower, you know. The other pitfall I think to avoid is maybe the traditional methods that we've seen in generations past, right? Whether it's through mass scale evangelism yep. or uh, paper documents that we hand out or tracks. flyers, yeah, tracks, right? We've seen a lot of iterations during different generations that I think just don't work anymore because a lot of our people and a lot of our communities are in what uh, a lot identify as a post-Christian world, mm -hmm. right? And yep. so the mental furniture, if you will, for Christian ideas and truth is just not there. Yes. And so I think how we talk about it is in grounded, practical ways. And what I mean by that is um, talk about your faith as it actually impacts your day-to-day -day life in a way that establishes common ground, right? And so... What I mean by that is Christians and non-Christians have common ground. They have commonalities, common struggles, right? Common things we're doing every day. Right. Our approach, though, is to submit them all under the banner that Jesus is Lord and he's alive and reigning, right? And so I think it's important for us to start with common ground with people um, and to use vernacular language that is um, palatable for a lot of people, right? It makes sense to them. They can digest it. And I think you start with your relationships. You know, part of the way that makes uh, following Jesus so rich is the way that he forgives us, changes us, and makes us relatable to people. And so I think okay. uh, a very helpful start is just to begin by uh, your relationships, the way that you talk to people, and how Jesus has changed the way that you interact with them, and to 
you know, start with the common ground problems that you and your friends might face who aren't following Jesus. So okay. I, I would usually go there first. So what, what does that practically look like? I mean, are you saying uh, initiate the conversation? You bring it up and you talk about these things, or are you saying uh, live in such a way, communicate in such a way, build relationships in such a way that it might cause them to ask leading questions that, that then give you that platform, almost like they've invited you to help you understand why they operate that way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a both end. Okay. I think it's a strategically look for moments to speak mm-hmm. and also to carry yourself, yourself in such a way that there's something that's just different about you. Like yeah. you just carry yourself in a way that makes people like kind of second guess or take a second look. And, um, they are kind of curious, right? Like, why, why do you do this this way, you know? And I think, uh, you know, Scripture talks about being ready to offer a gentle answer. You know, I think Christians today in our world could really benefit from Paul's words there about what a gentle answer looks like, you yes. know, in, in our world today. And I think you can do that on an array of topics, whether it's uh, personal life, relationships, family, yeah. business decisions, right? Yeah. Uh, the way that you rest and the way that you manage your calendar, all of those are ways in, I think, in the conversations with people yeah, about true. your faith, you know, and you're, you're, you're starting with common ground. You know? Yeah, it makes me think of two things. Um, they're, they're said quite commonly in different Christian circles, but, uh, you know, at, at all times share your testimony, but only when necessary use words. Mm-hmm. Um, that one sticks out to me. The, the other one is people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a time where, where you step into something, wh- whether you know the person or you don't, uh, and you know that the Holy Spirit's calling you to do something and right. you move in obedience, right. not understanding what God has been doing in their life. And they're completely open and receptive to almost this bucket of cold water in their face mm-hmm. where you're coming to share the gospel with them. Mm-hmm. But there's that other side where I, I would say it's more like the medium term or the long game where you, you just haven't felt that opening or seen that opening, felt comfortable there, but you've invested in the relationship exactly. um, and they've seen something is different and mm-hmm. you've been able to maybe, they don't realize you're ministering to them, but you have been ministering to them and you've actually been praying about having an opening to talk about who Jesus Christ is and how your life has been transformed. Yeah. And then that door cracks right. and you see the opening because they asked a question and invited you to share. Yeah. So I see what you're saying there. Um, somebody's listening to this, I'm sure. And as they're hearing this, uh, they're, they're feeling this uneasiness right. uh, because maybe, maybe they're, they're thinking back to some, some people that they, they know they should share their faith with. Um, mm-hmm maybe they've never ever shared their faith with somebody before. And so they think like, like practically, like how do I do this? What, what is the things that I say to get somebody to come to faith in Christ, which we we can't do that. Right. Right. You know, what would you say to the individual that's just kind of wrestling through? Okay. I see some people that, that I I know I need to talk to, but I just, I, I, I don't know where to start or how to actually engage in the beginnings of that conversation. Yeah, man. So my, one of my favorite passages, it's probably actually my favorite passage in John chapter one, where Jesus is calling his disciples. Uh, He calls Philip at one point and Philip is just transformed by this invitation from Jesus. Yeah. So much so that he goes and finds Nathaniel, a friend of his. And Nathaniel's response when Philip says, Hey, we found the one the scriptures are talking about. He's from Nazareth. And then uh, Nathaniel so incisively says, what good can come from Nazareth, yeah. right? And I think 
the feeling you're talking about that people get is because we anticipate how people might respond to us saying, hey, I'm following Jesus. I know this sounds crazy, but I'd love to tell you more. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, because they're going to have a question that we're not ready for. They're going to have um, wounds from their religious maybe past, yeah. right, that we have no idea how to begin to help them process. And so there's there's a whole can of worms that can open as we uh, hit them with that initial question or right. statement, you know. But I love Philip's response to Nathaniel. Right after Nathaniel says, what good can come from Nazareth? Instead of Philip dismissing the question, you know, saying he's narrow-minded or that he's being persecuted for his faith or something silly like that, Philip just says, come and see. Yeah, come and see. Right. Yeah. So he he meets him at a grounded relational level. Come with me. Let's figure this out together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think if we have that kind of posture of come and see, let's figure this out together. Your questions are valid. Your experiences are true and real. I want to honor those and That's see good. them. Yeah. But I think there's more to Jesus than you might be yeah. considering right now. Let's do this together. Right. It's a very relational way. And what's so beautiful about the story is that when Philip brings Nathaniel to Jesus, Jesus catches Nathaniel and says, when you were under the tree, I saw you, mm. right? And for whatever reason, the reader, we don't know, John never shares, yeah. but for whatever reason, at that moment when Jesus says that, Nathaniel's completely changed, yeah. right? Worships him on the spot. Yeah. And so that gives us hope because that reminds us that God is always at work where we think he's not, you know? And so sometimes when we think about sharing our faith in evangelism, we view it in terms of, I got to take God where God is not. That's not how evangelism works. God is everywhere, all the time, with everyone. And so evangelism really is God inviting us to join him in the work he's already doing. Yeah. And that, I think, makes us a lot more hopeful because God is already at work in these people's lives. And we have no idea what a simple question might do in terms of, as you said, cracking open that door for them to be like, man, you know what? Yeah. I love some prayer. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, I'm wrestling with this. Or, I'm I'm anxious. I haven't slept in months dealing with anxiety. I don't know how to rest. Work is too much, right? Like there's so many human problems, especially today, yes. that become great inroads for um, genuinely and in a gentle way, as Paul says, you know, sharing our faith. And it, I think it can start with a simple, you know, come and see. Let's do this together. Let's figure yeah. this out together, you know. I love that because, you know, what, if you're somebody who, who knows God's word inside and out, you know, has it written all over their heart? It's impressed upon their minds. They can recall scripture right away. Uh, they're probably a bit challenged, mm -hmm. and, and but they probably have a level of, I would say, uh, appropriate confidence to step into something like this. Yeah. But then there's probably a significant group of people who have little or no scripture memorized in a solid way where they feel that they could pull it out on tap. You know, who knows what the Holy Spirit would do in that moment, yeah, though. Right. But I love that you you pointed out the opportunity of, hey, come and see. Yeah. What a great way to show somebody how much you value them mm -hmm. and how important this is to you mm -hmm. and the, the lengths that you're willing to go to with them. Exactly. Bring them to an upcoming church service. Mm -hmm. Watch something online and then have a conversation about what you just learned together. Unpack that. Invite them into community with some other believers to just observe and engage. But to do yeah. that with them, and be willing to go on that journey with them. Yeah. One, believing that in God's perfect time they would come to faith. Yeah. What an impact that's going to have on them as they look back and realize all that you had done and how you really seized an opportunity and you cared about them uh, and, and modeled for them what it looks like exactly. to share the good news and to exactly. walk with somebody to disciple. Um, 
But what a blessing for the individual who walks with that seeker mm-hmm. in that season. Boy, if that's not going to embolden you to look for more opportunities and to make yourself more available in the future, because you've gotten to taste that, you've gotten exactly. to see that. I mean, you and I have known some some individuals who are just passionate evangelists, both right. large scale and one on one. And right. all of them talk about, man, the first time you are a part of that and somebody comes to faith while you're engaged oh, in a conversation, you're never the same. Yeah. And you will look for that high, if you will, again yeah. and again and again to be used that way by the yeah. Lord. So, um, man, I really appreciate you unpacking that. Just as we as we wrap this uh, this uh, segment up, is there any last things that you would like to share or to challenge the audience with when it comes to sharing your faith with somebody who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ outside of a church setting? Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked because I got kind of like three three things that are kind of hanging right now in my mind. Okay. I want to get out. The first would be when we talk about how to share our faith, many Christians, even in a genuine way, get hung up on getting the gospel right. Mm-hmm. And the truth is there are thousands of ways to communicate the gospel. And I'm thinking of Mark chapter one. In the beginning, the gospel of Jesus. Jesus says, repent, the kingdom is at hand. That gospel rarely gets shared, right? Because we think of the gospel, quote unquote, as God loves us, gave us his son, he lived and died for us, so that if we trusted him, we can go to heaven when we die. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a version, but that's not how Jesus talks, right? Yeah. Generally, the gospel, the good news, is anything that has to do with God is available to everyone because Jesus has come. Yeah. And new life is available through him, right? So I want to free you up, number one, to, to not be so worried about how you're going to communicate the gospel. And if you're going to get it right, and if you're going to say everything, because you won't at any moment. So right. just start somewhere. You need to start somewhere, you like know, that. because there's thousands of ways to share the gospel. Number two, I got this from Tim Keller. He says, uh, I think in a sermon in a book somewhere, he talks about how the only way to get very good at sharing your faith is being very bad at it for a long time. <laughs> and I think there's so much to that. Yeah. We've known each other for years. Like yeah. we've traveled to different states and shared our faith and done street evangelism before. And so you only, ha- you just have to start somewhere. Yeah. You have to start somewhere and be okay in awkward moments, risking your comfortability, getting it wrong, saying things weird, fumbling over your words. Yeah. Because the only thing more risky uh, of you sharing your faith is seeing them show up to church without anyone inviting them. Right? I think it's more, in other words, I think it's more risky, more uncomfortable for someone to come to church for the first time without anyone inviting them. Yeah. No one there to meet them. Yeah. And it is for us as Christians who have the good news yes. to step out of our comfort zone. Yeah, Uh, because that's a gut check to think, oh, man, I could have shared with them. And here they are at my church. And I've actually said, wait a minute, you go here. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then lastly, just attentiveness to the Holy Spirit. Um, In our current world, all of us, myself included, are flooded with distractions. Yeah. And it, it drains us of Holy Spirit filled power, love and courage. That is, I think, all over the book of Acts, you know, all over the New Testament. And we, we neglect when we get into methods of evangelism and how to sound smart or how to answer arguments. We we neglect God, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think his role in our lives to give us courage, to give us words, yeah. um, to help us embody care. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and relational um, just value, which I think really disarms people and their doubts and their questions. We totally neglect the role of the Spirit in, I think, evangelism often. And so 
yeah, those would be my kind of three closing things for us. I love it. I love it, man. Thank you for those three. Um, we're going to go a little long because I want to ask you one more question. Yeah, that just yeah. Kind of start, is, um, uh, what about the Great Commission? Mm. You know, I mean, we, we're here, we're talking about how to do this, yeah. but, but there is a, a, I think it's appropriate to say, a biblical mandate. We, we are yeah. called yeah. to do this. Yeah. Um, so it's not a, hey, maybe, maybe I'll try this. Right. Well, yeah, I'll give it a go. Maybe yeah. eventually. We, if we got breath in our lungs, this is a work that we are to be about. Yeah. Is to share the good news. Yeah. Uh, and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So, so this is something that if, if you're listening and you haven't ever done this in your life, whether you're 15, 35, 65, 85 years old, if you're breathing, you still have opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you're breathing, I guarantee you there's people around you that you know that don't have a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's not too late to step into this yeah. and, and start somewhere Yeah, so to start trying. You never know what God's going to do yeah. through you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would say pray about maybe one or two people to pursue Yeah, and and relationally really invest in them. That The idea of discipleship means that someone apprentices with you. In other words, they learn the yeah. traits of the job, so to speak, sure. under your watch. And so... Um, as you follow Jesus, they follow you with the goal of also following Jesus one day too, right, you know? Right. And so I think, yeah, it's critical. And even like the 12 step program mm-hmm. has invitation and in sharing about their own journey as part of their personal healing. Right? Yeah. And so if you were to ask me, what's one discipline that'll really exponentially grow my, my spiritual life. Yeah. I think it's sharing your faith because you yes. got to be dependent on God. Um, you you got to be thinking about your own faith journey, yep. right? Yep. And it's also deeply healing for yourself yeah. um, as you begin to open your mouth and use words and, yeah. and your life's actions, right? Like so much is wrapped up in this um, great commission mandate yeah. to have our lives be you know lived in this direction. So absolutely. Yeah. Man, I always love talking with you. Thanks for unpacking that question. That's a, a bit of a challenging one. Yeah. Um, and uh, for those of you who are listening, man, if you've got a question, uh, whether it's it's for me or it's for Pastor Alfredo, uh, you can go right to our podcast page or you can hop over to rogofoundation.com, either spot, and let us know that you've been listening to the podcast and you have a question related to this episode. Uh, we'll look at an opportunity maybe to address it in a future episode. Uh, We really do appreciate you checking out this episode. And if you'd like to check out, be notified about future ones, please, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the Church Report podcast. And to learn more about the work that the Rogo Foundation is engaged in helping churches who are facing challenging seasons and at times when we're called to, adopting some to revitalize and relaunch them, check out therogofoundation.com. God bless you.